0: good morning welcome to the celtic way morning briefing live it's friday the 2nd of december i'm tony haggerty a haggerty 10 twitter handle you know that by now and i'm joined today once again the three amigos we assembled and i'm joined by sean martin at sean martin tcw and aiden mcdonald at C mcdonald their twitter handles guys how we doing on this fine friday morning not bad tony buzzing for sales
1: in the last i almost said last eight again last 16 of
2: the, of
0: the yes, world cup you Aiden, yourself all good
2: yeah no i'm good tony i'm somewhat of sean it was good to see the Celtic boys doing well over the last few days
0: we'll come to that we'll just do the housekeeping first and foremost a ticker tape running along the bottom we always give you a deal guys you know the drill you know what i'm going to say you can join us in the celtic way by subscribing www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe got a deal on for you festive deal merry christmas deal this month you can get 25 percent off the annual subscription rate of 26 pounds and also if you sign up you can have everything access to everything we write on the website a pound for two months of full access can't say fairer than that guys we've always got deals for you and all you have to do is hit that wonderful subscribe button to join us www.celticway.co.uk Slash subscribe, guys! What a deal
1: that is! Definitely is, Tony. Aye, yep. Happy Christmas, everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Now there might be three of us here, Aiden, but then there were four in the last sixteen yep. of the World Cup. Four Celtic players go off and represent their country. Four Celtic players in the knockout stages. Coincidence or what? These guys are used to winning, aren't they? They like a bit of winning. Done all right, every one of them, haven't they? Cameron Carter-Vickers, Dyson Maida, Aaron Moy, and who's the, the other one? Sorry, I've just had a... Yoranovich. Yoranovich in deep memory blank there. There you have it. It happens, old age. But we salute them, applaud them, and give a bow to them. Aidan, that's some return, isn't it, for the Celtic contingent?
2: You know, it's superb. But probably at the start, most people would have thought Juranovic maybe has a decent chance of getting through, but outside of that, it was probably going to be quite difficult, maybe potentially Carter Vickers. But the fact that Japan got through, uh, and in particular oh, was a sensational, and obviously Australia, uh, that, that's we've, we've covered that, obviously. And, uh, I did a bit of today's newsletter on that, which gives a bit more detail on Aaron Moyes Australia and how Ange uh, was yep. the inspiration for a lot of those yep. players a few years ago with his uh, you know, speech that went viral from a Celtic fans' point of view, before the League Cup final last year. So, no, all, all the players have done brilliant, and there's been some real, real, sort of giant killings in there that Celtic players have been involved in, which is what you want in these tournaments when you've not really got a vested interest, because so it's not into it too much. Obviously, Scotland didn't make it. So, I just wanted to see the Celtic players doing well. But, yeah, no, it's been a... The World Cup's been a real positive from a Celtic players' point of view, and we've seen a few commenters mentioning it there. I'm sure we'll discuss it a wee bit more, but... Urani is now coming up against them either so Celtic yep. will have at least yep. one player in the quarter finals of the World Cup which in 2022
0: isn't bad to be fair hmm. Sean, that has kept the Celtic supporters going a wee bit in the World Cup whatever yep. your take on it and and the venue and all that are the, where it's been held but that, that's been the vested interest back home for all the Celtic supporters isn't it? The, the I, contingent yep. that are representing the club and doing very, very well and getting them an extra wee bit
1: of cash as well. Yes. Um, I'll oh. try and put the link up, but it's, it's, it's all super. helps, not it? Yeah, I I mean I, I nets net him another wee bit of cash into the bargain. If Olivier and Cham gets through with Cameroon later, that's another couple of pennies as well. Cause Jeremy from Pong's through with the, the Netherlands team as well. it doesn't matter if you play, just if you're there. Um I'll shove in the link for that you kind know, of the article I did before the tournament on how FIFA calculates the payments. It's quite convoluted as you'd expect from FIFA. Um, but they, they kind of divvy it up into thirds uh, over the two-year time frame before the tournament, and all clubs that a player has been registered with within the two-year time frame blocks of three uh, who meet the criteria and apply for a payment get something. It's not as simple as, I think I'm seeing a few places saying, oh, it's $10,000 a day per player, but it's not really, it's, it's different. That's the, There's maximum amounts and stuff, and you're, you're not entitled to the full ten grand every day. If you've not had him for the full two years before it and different things, so the article I done kind of tries, I tried my best anyway to break it down and explain it. Um, but they're getting more money, which is the yeah, which that's is true. The, the the it? it's, so it's, it's more nuanced than that than simply Celtic get ten grand every day for all of them. But well, every little helps, as you say. Um, more at the point, you two is uh, our predictor that we did before the tournament. I think it's time to have a wee. Maybe, well, there's, some shifty ice here. there's some shifty eyes here. Maybe have, a wee, uh, have a, wee, a wee check of that. Michael Duffin coming in, just a wee bit of praise for me. There. That was a great article. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Predictions, aye. So, I mean, I'll start with myself. I'm not, he's a little nervous. I'll start with myself. There's something about me tipping a top scorer. A tip dies in my I remember.
0: Yeah, For, yeah.
1: The, uh, for Celtic top scorers, a Celtic top scorer dark horse. Mrs. sitters consistently since I've done that. Mere hours after we published this article, I've taken Benzema to win a golden boot and he's injured, might not play at all in the tournament. Uh, but, Tony, Belgium,
0: Wales, Lukaku,
1: well, Shocker. I,
0: I, I, I went against the grain. It's, it's too easy. I My rationale was it's too easy to tip Argentina or Brazil. I could turn around and say every World Cup, Argentina or Brazil are going to win it. So, is I, I think I try to think outside the box. Didn't realise Lukaku was going to be injured. You know what I mean. So I've still got Vinicius Junior to come good in the knockout stages, and he'll score a hat trick against somebody. I'm convinced of that. <laughs> uh, Harry Kane's not scored yet, so I think he's been a flop. So I'm, I'm. Uh, well, David uh, Ferguson's but... laughing at you, Tony. He ah, that's what predictions
1: are. You can laugh at
0: <laughs> predictions. That's fine. As I say. I tried to think outside, of, but it, it. It's no real, no real font of football knowledge and wisdom to tip Messi or Argentina to win the World Cup. Or to <laughs> to okay, just or could do shots. that. You know what I mean? It's like it's, uh, you know, you know. I, I would pick Argentina or Brazil to win the World Cup. ad infinitum until. Well, you, well, in this occasion, coin, in this occasion you did
1: not, you picked Belgium. In the I did not,
0: yeah, uh, yeah fine. Aiden, and i
1: fine. Uh, how are yours sitting, do you think? I see you've picked Denmark, another group yeah. stage, group stage exit. You also picked Brazil as the biggest flop, which kind of mm. flies in the face of Tony's logic that it's easy to pick things. Um We were actually going for a an individual for flop. Uh, but you decided to go with a teammate and, and it's not really working out I suppose so far because Brazil are through, they're not looking, I mean they look alright and Neymar's injured but they've still got through
0: and uh, I don't think anybody's really taking them to get out in this round do they? Is anybody looking great though Sean? Some teams have had their moments but nobody's really sparked into life yet, this is usually when teams uh, start sparking into life when get to the serious knockout stuff so
2: Belgium uh, won't be sparking into life, but Tony. Yeah, that's
0: so very funny. true. Fabric, <laughs> Belgique That's fine. no worries Aidan, You've started <laughs> pick 11s for Celtic in the in the coming in the future. So that's true. So, that's we'll, true. I will uh, we'll reserve judgment on that when you get a six or a seven at 11, right? You know what I mean. So, <laughs> uh, uh, that's good for me, I must Tony. Admit, hey, I mean, happy that's good for you, to be fair. Um, I, I'm pretty glad
1: that the have already went. Why did you pick Ronaldo with the biggest flop? partially it was to wind my pal up right who's a massive ronaldo fan uh will not hear a word against him but mostly because i thought like you tony i thought i right, will go a wee bit like, out, out with the grain with this one and just mm. just see what group do i think is an underrated group of death and i looked at the portugal one and i thought uruguay i thought it would be better south korea and ghana and i thought portugal should be among your favorites but if that ronaldo interview has distracted them in any way if it's upset the apple cart in any way you just never know because that's three strong teams in that group. It's not what to look like that.
0: Uh, so egg in my face with that one. See, mine was I just wanted to go totally against the grain and conventional thinking and I try to think outside the box. You you and took the you world stand, number two ranked team, top you,
1: European ranked team. You, you uh, stand or fall by
0: you, you stand or fall by these decisions, and clearly I have fallen. <laughs> if if you're a, a grand national entrant, you've fallen at the first. So yeah. <laughs> Nah, you can't know, um, get it right all the time The bottom
1: one, if you look at it, we're all still in with a shout Because it turns out they're all there uh, I'm looking particularly at myself and Aiden though Because they go up against each other directly, don't they? Maida and Juranovic Tony, you're the tiebreaker here What one of yous, did you think? do you think is getting one
0: through? Oh, there? That's a bit of a question uh, Oh, that's, that's Nobel You know, Japan got through last night Somewhat controversial Is that
1: well, there's You're been serious? a couple
0: of comments about that. There's a couple of comments about that. I had to laugh at the irony from England supporters saying that's payback for Frank Lampard's ball going over the line, right? Mm. Bearing in mind that Jeff Hurst is the only man in history to score a two-goal hat trick, right? <laughs> so, uh, in 1966. So, yeah, that I, I kind of laugh at that, you know. The bend of the ball was on the line. Stop. Yep. Listen, it's... Uh, There you have it. Brian Roberts gave me some advice as well. Don't do the lottery, Tony. Well, I tell you what, Brian, I'm quite a successful dude with football coupons. I've won a few Corkers in my time. Got married in the back of one of them. There you have it. Uh, So, indeed, no, listen, it's, uh, I don't know what you thought yourself, guys, about that decision that put Japan through, but I think carrying luck like that, then Maida might be the man to advance, Sean, to the final and Japan because uh, I'll say it
1: was skill. Maeda's leg was distracting them all over this league. Nah, I'm, I, I mean I, I took Maeda partially tongue in cheek, saying, "Well, they must have some team if they didn't call up Kyogo um, and Hatate." But realistically, I looked at Spain and Germany and I thought, "I don't trust them the way that I usually would at tournaments." Spain mm. actually looked really good in the first couple of games. Last night they had for all they had the ball, they didn't look that great. Germany have been off it. Uh, and are yeah. obviously out at the group stages now I've noticed that none of us tipped any any Germans Or any Ger- Germany no. in any of these categories um, So Maybe it is with Maida Maybe the the, kinda, the, the the hot streaks with Maida But I suppose from a Celtic point of view At least one of them is getting into the, the Quarter-finals of the World Cup And listen, I wouldn't put it past Carter Vickers to get there as well Whether he starts against uh, The Netherlands or not, I don't know But I, I, for one, have not been impressed by the Netherlands Despite, I think, they're kind of becoming a A low-key favourite for some people I've just
0: I've not saw a lot from them. I think we'll be changing Aidan CCV to CCV8 To CCV Last (laughs) 8
2: I think he's got a Good chance of going through To be fair I agree with what Sean was saying Netherlands They've been okay in patches But then Even at the last Euros They were alright in patches I think they They scored a few goals In one of their games They ended up getting put out By the Czech Republic Or something like that So I think they can be okay in spells, but I don't think they've got the cohesion to be good across 90 minutes and go far in the tournament. So, yeah, Holland will be favourites for that match, but Carter Vickers and the USA have got a decent chance of going through, I think.
0: Let's be honest, can either of you pick a winner right now? Any of us pick a winner? It's been a bit unpredictable. No, mine and Aidan's are still running, so we and can't I really change. You can jump if you want. Who are you picking? But me? Aye. aye. Do you know what? I, say, I Brazil, Tony, say Brazil, Tony. Please say Brazil. I've not been. I mean, I've been impressed with Brazil in in patches. You know, I thought Rick Allison's two goals were great mm-hmm. in the first game, but after that, I've I've not. I don't see. I don't see any national team setting the header alike so far. It might be different now that we've reached the knockouts, and you know they realise it's last chance, on time, and there's no coming back from a defeat. Mm-hmm. So. I actually, I think France have looked good in the first two games and then they
1: rotated their whole team against Tunisia basically. And, but I didn't expect them to to come in. I thought maybe I thought maybe the, maybe the holder's curse would, would strike. Um, you know, despite the you, fact I
0: took Benzema yeah. to be top scorer and stuff, so you know that was on been, the premise they got through. I've been impressed with the Aussies' work rate. You know, there's a touch yeah. of the Portugal, uh, no, Greece, 2004 euros. So the Aussies get that's their noses uh, the, the in front Sorry, the Aussies get their noses in front And hold on to it, you know And, and then defend like on You know, Greece won the great entertainers In that 2004 Euros But they got a chance and scored And then did, you know, did what they needed to do And they were set up to play that way And I think the Aussies are like that as well they're, You know, they're taking their chances few and far between when they come along And then the defending's an art you know, and they've been mm-hmm. very, very good at it. So, uh, I'm not saying they're going to win it, but that that can carry you far as well at times. He's also he
1: obviously Aaron Moy being uh, the only one that none of us picked to um, get furthest. Uh, yep. But speaking of dark horses, Aiden will testify to this, right? I've taken Cameroon, but right up until what an hour before it was hit, or something that was a uh, it was Senegal. And I actually had Senegal knocking England out in the last sixteen to make the quarterfinals as well. But then Sadio Mane got injured, and I just went in and just changed it all and went right. I'm going Cameroon instead. Um, Cameroon could still get through tonight, but yep. I'm beginning to regret uh, bottling the Senegal shout to be honest, because I, I think they've been not bad, and I think they I think they will threaten England because as much as there's there's a few comments in here saying, eh, hate to say it, lads, but I think England have a chance. Hate saying it, but England could win this. Um, the murky Coming into savings here England are too suspect At the back uh, <laughs> What do you think Aidan
2: uh, I think England have some Very very good players As they always had Particularly this time Bellingham I would put him in The world class bracket I think he's absolutely Already? superb. Yeah, Yeah yeah I, I, think I, I, I is, know
1: what Tony's thinking here You, you can't I think think too early Too early for I,
2: that, that I understand bracket. I understand He could get an injury Or something like that But I think if he stays fit, I think he will go on to be a really top player. Mm. Uh, they've also got other dangerous players, Saka, who's been in really good form this season. Uh, even players like Harry Kane, uh, they're always good for a goal. I think in terms of winning the tournament, uh, I do agree with what the commenter said there. I think they are a bit suspect at the back. On paper, they've got really good defenders, but with the exception of one that I'll not name, which you can probably work out. But uh, I think across the board, the rest of them are are pretty good. But I just think as a team their manager is a bit too negative in the way he wants to play. Mm. I feel that he just sets up not to lose games. Aye. Which, when They're you've got pretty... that much talent, baffles me personally. In, but... defa-
1: in, in defence of Mr Maguire, who I presume you were, you were talking about there, it no depends what you're asking him to do. I think Man United's you know, is obviously a step too far from arguably Arguably, England internationally, he's been good. But it depends what you're asking somebody to do. I, I remember when I was living up in Aberdeen, or oh, Derek McInnes, ever asked Scott McKenna to do, was head the ball away and kick it away. So when he was, I think on occasion, he was asked to play uh, in a Scotland back three and kind of left centre back when Kieran Tierney was out. Now that's a whole different ball game, what you're expected to do at that stage. And you're not going to look good if you're you're used to just heading it and kicking it. So I think it's a similar thing with Big Maguire. If you're asking him to head it and kick it, he'll do it all day and he'll look good doing it. But when you're asking him to yeah. play it from the back, that's where he starts looking like Harry Maguire, trying to play it for the back.
2: <laughs> but, he was It uh, was good. He was good in that last game, to be fair to him. He was It was probably their best player in that uh the American <laughs> USA game, game Because, sorry, he, was game, to, game because he was asked yeah, to because was asked to play it. <laughs> yeah, but I just think for the way England should want to play, I mean they've got so much talent that shouldn't really be wanting to
1: they want to play out from the back. And Markham, yeah, I know, I know. know. Every ferrier saying Senegal will beat England, Tony. And Big just, Red coming in here, Dublin, Belfast, Cork and
0: Senegal. <laughs> just just the specter of England winning this tournament is enough to put the frighteners up. Every Scotsman, you no, know, they do it every every four years, don't they? They hike themselves up or every two years for every major tournament. They hike themselves up and you think at some point they're going to kick the door in and you thought maybe last year at the, at the Euros they, they might do it and
1: and utterly, you,
0: thankfully, yeah, uh, it drove you wild. And uh, yeah, and it's always that nagging doubt in the back of your mind that, regardless of
1: mm-hmm.
0: how talented a team they have, or how bad they are in defense, or good they are up front, you you always never rule out England, do you? You no, want to push but, it to the back of your mind, but you, you there's all, it's always that it's like your Anakin Skywalker <laughs> Star Wars side that you don't want to confront, isn't it? The, the dark <laughs> side that you just know that. They've got a good chance. I don't um, disagree with John here,
1: Tony. No, I don't either. They had uh, a group uh, that I thought Wales were going to be better. You you thought Wales were going to be better. Um yeah. Iran, for all their ranked 20th, and I did say that they are a decent team. They're they're, they're they're not quite as good as what 20th in the world would suggest. Um the USA were good yeah. against them, I thought. Um yeah, the USA they got the better good. of that game, I I of yeah. thought. Um get into the, the round of 16, last 16 they'll play Senegal, obviously they're favourites for that, I think Senegal could could worry them, I, I, as I say I genuinely thought with Sadio Mane they could put them out <laughs> well, you but it's hope really the next they'll start, start, um, start taking in the <laughs> real real big hitters and that's when yeah. you see
0: how good they're Correct, yeah, of course, but uh, you, you can never discount them because they've got some wonderfully talented players as yeah. uh, Aidan said there about Jude Bellingham, world class was have judgment on that, as you rightfully said, Sean. But hey, but you were talking about uh, Harry Maguire kicking and heading the ball, and it was a nice we segue into the next uh, topic that yep. we did on the Celtic way. We, we the SFA brought out their guidelines, Sean, earlier this week about the twenty-four yep. hour before and after rule, a day before and a day after uh, a football match for Scottish clubs and players not heading the ball at training and taking part in heading drills. Mm-hmm. So we conducted our own week kind of case study on it, didn't we? And the link's on the, the website there, I think you've put it up. Yep. Spoke, spoke to a doctor based in LA. We were given all the kind of SFA information and the PFA Scotland who canvassed the players and said 64% of them were in favour of uh, not taking Reflecting yep, on heading. And we also spoke to Peter Grant and Stephen Presley who had a uh, both had varying uh, opinions on it, and mm-hmm. it's a decent read if you want to read it, and go yep. into the, the nitty gritty of it, and, and it's, uh, I don't know about you, Sean, but heading's just a, an integral part of football, and I don't know how you can police something like that. And well, that,
1: That's the practicality thing that, that Peter yeah. Grant, in particular, was talking about, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. The kind of concept of fine, introduce restrictions, but who checks that every single club because it's all adult, all yeah, adult yeah, footballers, yeah. remember. Um so who's checking every single club isn't doing it 24 hours before a game. And then who's to say that clubs that, that identify in that kind of punt it and punt and rush kind of style yeah. who will want to practice set pieces that, that the head in and will want to practice the art of defending or finishing with your head or that kind of stuff who's to say they won't double up for it hours before it just to get that extra practice in, and individuals might even go, as Stephen Presley said. So there's, there's the practicality aspect of it. The doctor that you spoke to, a specialist, um, he kind of, I found it real interesting what he was saying, actually, he was expanding yes, on what the SFA had said the logic was in the study. He expanded on it greatly, I thought, really kind of helped me understand that a wee bit better. Uh, broke it down into kind of details, that, uh, terms that I, I could kind of understand uh, about why they're doing it. And he did say that the science isn't definitive, I think is the word that he used. Yeah, yeah, he did use it. In this direction, and basically, you'd be a fool to totally ignore it. But he himself did say that there there is no future he envisions where it's just outlawed from the game. But setting down these rules is a starting point to try and get a happy balance between Uh, not taking out the game, but certainly decreasing the likelihood or it's de- decreasing the amount that you're heading out with game situations so that the cumulative effect
0: yeah. helps I,
1: I, people later in life and all that. And, and I know there's still different opinions, and definitely read that piece because it's interesting, but it's uh, certainly the doctor's parts anyway.
0: Yeah, I agree with him.
1: I that a wee bit better.
0: I agree with him in the sense it's a brilliant starting point, Sean, and he was applauding the SFA for saying that. Now, Aidan, I was, I was being tongue-in-cheek and asking, how do you police this? Do you get like vans going around every Scottish club, like the TV license van saying you're practicing heading, you're getting fined or you're getting subcontract you know, the community yeah. wardens <laughs> them going. You know, I've just come up with a business plan there, haven't I guys? You get the van <laughs> and go around all the Scottish clubs and make sure that they're not practicing heading 24 hours before a game. But you know, I I'm that was me Joshing, but you, you are gonna have to try and regulate this in some way, then I mean, and I think the practicalities is Peter Grant and uh, Stephen Presley spoke about it, and Sean was talking about there. It's it's hard to it's hard to administer that, is it not?
2: Yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's hard it's hard to break what like, the habits of a lifetime in terms of coaching and the way yeah players are going to act. And I doubt a lot of them would be doing it out of any sort of badness. It's just the way they'd be used to training. So uh, how are they going to police it? They're, the only way they're going to have to try and do it is hope that individuals. At the mm-hmm. clubs, etc., are enforcing well it in yeah. coaching sessions. Uh, coaches sorry, are building it into their sessions, uh, or sorry, taking it out of their sessions, I should say, and putting other aspects in to try and replicate it, which I know is quite difficult. Overall, I think we, we'd all agree that that is sort of a, a good policy. Anything that can sort of protect the players with everything you're seeing mm-hmm. coming out about the dangers ahead in the ball, etc. So, in terms of the actual practicalities, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be up to individual clubs, isn't it? I don't think the SFA is going to be sending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Somebody to sit and watch every single training session of every single team in Scotland. But
1: Aye.
0: Peter Grant's uh, thoughts were interesting, weren't they, Sean? I like
1: that's Paul Bonner is a guidance, or is it Law? Though, ask Matt Hancock, guy. Fair, fair play. Fair play. <laughs> uh, sorry about what you saying
0: Tony. I'm saying Peter Grant's thoughts were interesting, weren't well, they, on what professional footballers were doing, having. Being a professional footballer himself and having yep. worked with them as a coach and a manager, I won't mm-hmm. spoil it. I'll let you read it. And let yeah. you know what you think. No, they were, and um, I mean, is it, that's
1: kind of why you proposed Peter Grant as an as an option because not only is he has he recently been a coach at a, at a senior club in Scotland, but also obviously he's playing career span decades. So, can kind of see it for both points of view. Um, he was, I I don't want to spoil what he was actually saying, but needless to say, it, his issue wasn't necessarily with the, the science, because he says he's not a scientist, yeah. he's happy to go with the science in terms of introducing something. He was just more concerned with the, the practicality aspect, yeah. not not even necessarily how is it going to be policed, but more club to club, Yeah, uh, what are they going to do? To, Training schedules—they're going to double up. Are, they, are individuals going to need? You're going to just decide to go and do it because there will be some players that will go. I ain't any bother? Sixty-four percent of PFA Scotland respondents said yes, they're in favour of it. But that means thirty-six weren't. So are some of those thirty-six going to think they will? And I, I feel I need to work on my head and more than what I'm being allowed to do in my club. Am I going to go and do it separately, even though I'm not allowed? That's kind of what I felt Peter Grant was, was getting at with you. Mm. Um, so I think it's a very interesting article. The links in the comments, and I'd encourage you to read it if for nothing else, just to Thanks. just to read about the, the kind of the different views of the debate. But the, the restrictions are there, that, that's, them, that's them there.
0: So, and uh, Stephen Presley was more a black and white situation, wasn't he? Oh, he's just he just Disney. Guy. He, <laughs> yeah, he basically
1: went as far as say to you, he wouldn't have had a career if he couldn't practice heading. Basically, it's kind of what he was getting at, yeah, was which I think is doing himself a bit of a disservice. I don't think he was that bad with the ball, his feet actually, considering. Uh, given his reputation, I still think he was decent with the ball at his feet, but and he could take a penalty for what I remember. But uh, I, I get where he's coming from in terms of a certain type of player might not be able to uh, refine I, their skills as much as what they could.
0: So. Again, I went to him because he's recently quit his playing days and has become a young manager, so I wanted to get their thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, because their career started a lot of years and then their management career has also started a lot of years as well, so I wanted to. Sort of see where they were coming from in terms of being a player and a coach, and to see if maybe their point of view had changed from their playing career to to their managerial career now. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, having somebody who's recently just been in the game eh, as a coach who would have been setting up sessions, I'm sure some of them were based around eh, the heading. So it was obviously a a good insight to have that, and you can completely understand, like without spoiling it too much the sort of point of view like Peter Grant was taking on it because mm. it's, it is it is going to be difficult for uh, coaches to not take it completely out of their sessions, but to adapt in that way when through their playing days, if they're a young coach through their playing days, this was never something anybody had to consider. And if you're a more experienced coach, say you've been coaching 10, 15 years, it's never something you've had to factor in. So it is going to change, but hopefully it is one of those things eventually people will just adapt over time. And it just kind of becomes a bit of an issue. That's the hope, obviously. But here's Tony, I
1: put this up before just to draw a text. David <laughs> Ferguson referencing something I says after the, I think the Blackburn game uh, early on pre-season, saying he's still banking on Matt O'Reilly getting an assist with a through-ball header. And then he says later on in the comments, it's a pity you can't get specific odds for an unheaded assist because I'd have backed that as well. I'd have put that on. This will become my new Carl <laughs> Starfield goal, Brown you.
0: Warrior, retro comment here. If you ever miss time the head of a rock solid yeah. miter multiplex in a frozen pitch, you'll know this makes sense, Tony. Oh, yes, I did that. I was that soldier, as a famous <laughs> man once said. Wink Martin. Tony, James there, Michael's long. getting you a wee bit of praise for your article as well, there. Oh, that's very kind. Thank very you, Michael. Kind indeed, eh? Appreciate that. That's, that's good, Bill. Well, at least somebody's read it, Sean. I'm chuffed <laughs> at that. I mean, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I think straddling that fine line between understanding the science because at the end of the day health and safety is at the crux here and prolonging lives and the guys the the football players and managers understand that if someone's lost a loved one or a family member through uh, heading the yep. ball excessively and being exposed to to that then they, they have every sympathy but mm-hmm. as you say that as as the doctor said it's that starting point where we have to have the conversation because the science, whilst it's not definitive, it's pointing to it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And we have to yeah. protect. We have to protect footballers as well at, at all times. Some, sometimes,
1: can. like with the concussion protocol, things that, that that I mentioned the other day. Sometimes it's about protecting them from themselves as yes. well, yeah. as much as anything else. And I think that's at the crux of this: uh, uh, the studies and the reason that they're implementing it uh, yeah. to try and almost save them from themselves. Because as as Talking to Stephen Presley and Peter Grant told, tells you some of the knee jerk reactions will be, nah, I need to do it, I need to do yeah. it anyway, that kind of thing. Yeah. And if there's, there's kind of club restrictions in, then it, it kind of helps maybe shuff, shuffle them towards yeah. doing it at least less, that kind of thing. But um, I suppose in terms of governance, we're not really moving away from the SFA now, are we, Tony? Although we're moving mm. away from the oh. heading restrictions. Yeah. Uh, Go yeah. on, then. Throw it up. Come on. I will just say this, just say the word VAR, Tony. VAR.
0: Does
1: that give we you shakes?
0: Do you start to kind of tw- your eye twitch like Herbert Longman, the Pink Panzer And <laughs> when VAR's <when> <laughs> mentioned? I know it does with me now, you know, it's just every, every week, every waking moment of every football match you're you're talking about VAR now, aren't you? I know, so the
2: VAR podcast at a stage, isn't it? But yeah, it's.
0: Ah, Spokeful we'll game, too, obviously <laughs> And uh, Ian Maxwell was in the news Talking about it earlier this week, wasn't he, Sean? Yep And he, he was commenting on Saying that VAR was doing what it was brought in to do And he, he also mentioned the offside With the Celtic Motherwell game, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did I've got his comments here if you want some of them um, yeah, Go, so, go um, on, I you would have um, He was asked about the Jota versus Motherwell One yeah. on, one uh, I'm referencing And his response was uh, That was an interesting one because nobody is actually saying Jota wasn't offside or that the decision was wrong. The angle looks strange, but that doesn't really matter, because fundamentally the decision was right, and that is what it's meant to do. right? <laughs> so even ignoring the fact, Tony, oh, this is me speaking, now this isn't his quote, even ignoring the fact, you'll be able to tell it's me, don't worry, even ignoring the fact that uh, he essentially, to me, seems to be saying there that he doesn't care about the process, as long as he feels the decision is right in the end, which to me is a massive red flag for a guy in a senior position of authority, by the way. Um, This very next sentence that he says tells me why he should care about the process that gets to the final decision a bit more, right? So he said, there was an issue with the camera angle. It wasn't wide enough to capture the ball and the individual, so we had to use the camera at the other end of the pitch. Thankfully, the Hawkeye system saw it coming and that's why both cameras are calibrated to deal with off-size the length of the pitch in case you get a technology failure or a human error it just looked a bit strange but the outcome was right we got the right decision so that's the third reason Tony Aiden for not using the better position camera now that I've heard yeah it yeah. wasn't it wasn't on in one report yep it was on but focused on the dugout in another and now Ian Maxwell seems to be saying it just wasn't wide enough to capture what was needed anyway. All right. They're,
0: so they are flip flopping around this issue because I think they realize that they've made a backside of it and Jota was onside. But, but they, that,
1: I mean, but, yeah. but that's fine if, if that is what's happened. Just, and there's a camera angle technology shows technology that shows that,
0: but, but they've not shown it. You know, did there's you a camera angle that shows different? that and they're trying to cover it up for the fact that the decision's been made. But why not come out? I know retrospectively they can't award the goal, but. Like, what's, the, what's the problem coming out saying Well actually That was wrong That's an mm-hmm. instance where VAR got it wrong and It's not even It doesn't affect the outcome of the game
1: I bet so, that's neither here nor there I know. No that's, that's
0: neither not not here nor there But I but think the, that's got them out of a big hole here The Saying VAR got
1: it wrong is just Step one, the other thing is to just say Look, Listen, the technology Whether it was the dugout it was on, whether it wasn't wide enough Or whether it wasn't on at all You, you just say listen Tell the referee you're going to need to go with whatever you think on the field because we've not got it for you. That's all you've had to. That's all you got to do. I, I totally that that is all you've got to do at that point. So, to me, I agree with you. Aidan, I don't know what you think. I think that sounds like flat flop- flopping quite a bit <laughs> to me. But you listen to this, and Aidan, I'll come with you with it, but you listen to this and, and you begin to see, or at least I begin to see why fans of all clubs, yeah. all, all, obviously we're focused on Celtic here in a Celtic incident, but I'm sure fans of all clubs would probably agree with this that they need to know the process a wee bit more and need to be essentially walked through why a decision has been taken. The mixed messages from people like Ian Maxwell, dismissive attitude is the only way I can put it, a dismissive attitude, like, ah, well, we think we got it right in the end, so what does it matter how we got there, type of nonsense, does not help build trust in either the system or the people operating it,
2: No, it doesn't at all. You're completely right, Sean, and firstly, in terms of Maxwell's comments, I think it's bizarre. Really, from a person and a senior position like that baffles me why I thought that was the right thing to say. But anyway, enough said about that later. In terms of the the overall VAR thing, there's got to be more <clears throat> stuff like made clear for why decisions are being made. Whether it's getting feeded through when you're watching it on tele etc. or we've discussed it before, which we know won't happen, but if there's a mistake or something that doesn't seem clear to fans of all teams, the, the officials or... Uh, that's the VAR officials, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the referees or somebody else in a senior position mm-hmm. should be coming out and explaining it.
1: <clears throat> As I say, the, the, the NBA, the two-minute report at the end, if there's, yeah. a, if there's a, a potential game-changing or game-altering yeah, yeah. kind of decision, the two-minute report considers it, asks them to explain it. it. Put it this way, it shouldn't be up to Dermot Gallagher on Sky whether they pick that no, up I and you, uh, <laughs> get a, you get a wee review of it. There should be some sort of... And I know I say, Tony, when you brought it up, well, it's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen. Referees, in general, are a protected species in that manner. But that's not to say it shouldn't. But
0: that's been my stance from day one, that these uh, these incidents should be explained, and they should be explained on screen to the people in the stadium. Hmm. You know, uh, first and foremost, and then obviously the people watching at home because if it's a high-profile game, it's going to be on live anyway, so... uh, Do you remember
1: the Abada offside, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Now... Tencastle. I did, say, yeah. I, I said at the time to use t- that the, the presumption that I made was that the television cameras didn't put the VAR yeah. the line through on the, the live feed, but that the VAR officials would have seen it and that's what they'd have based on, right? And that's fine. And as far as I'm aware, that is what happened. But one, it should be a given that they do put it into the live feed. Fans of all clubs want to see that, right? They do want to see it. But more than that, as an overarching kind of way to go about it they cannot surely have failed to consider the landscape in which they're operating when they decided to introduce this technology with current refereeing standards and general doubt about the standards of refereeing in scotland by fans of all clubs right so that's the landscape in which you're introducing it so to me building that trust should have been right up in that agenda more transparency making a point of offering as much clarity as possible should have been right up there on the agenda when you're introducing it. The same as the same level of agenda as the cameras themselves. But,
0: it, but I suppose I mean there are none so blind as those who will not it's see. It's not just Scotland that it's affecting though. Germany have gone out the World Cup with Well know, that was in. So yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah but for at it,
1: for least ages. they explained that at least at they
0: explained that for ages you didn't have a conclusive picture of it sean it was, yeah, yeah yeah no i, I this
1: is another no, this so, is where you this is
0: where you come in with the, the trust thing i you know aye, so, the, the, you the, you the, know, so i mean i i get that and put that the trust is a big thing and transparency mm-hmm. and clarity is, is what you were told it would bring it's, it's brought up more fog than anything Eden, i would have thought
2: yeah, it's just some of the coverage of it is just just baffles me, really, to be honest. Uh, it's definitely an issue that's, that's got to get resolved soon because it's just going to continue to build mistrust in the technology. And you want Scottish football to be progressing and bring in technology. And the fact is that if it's going to be the people that are in charge of it or the people that are fronting up or coming out with comments like Ian Maxwell's or... TV stations or paying customers aren't able to see things properly. Not because well, in the short one there probably wasn't a better angle, but in some cases there is a better angle, but it's just not shown for whatever reason. Things like that just completely undermine what the sort of positive should be of VAR to an extent.
1: There was, but, of course, Tony a, a, a VAR kind of exhibition thing the other day. We we did not get yeah. invited, so maybe they should uh, maybe they should extend it to all media outlets in future. But because maybe there isn't an, an acceptable reason. Yeah, um, And I mean Without going too far This obviously isn't a conspiracy Because the World Cup has been Absolutely chaotic in its use of VAR As well by all accounts But nonetheless Ian Maxwell's comments We actually meant to get to them yesterday Tony didn't we But we ended up, yeah. we ended up Going on and on and on yesterday So we decided to just move it to today But um, Aye yet another, yet another day Where we've ended up talking about VAR Even though there's no Scottish football on But
0: David Ferguson says The whole point of VAR Is to obtain correct decisions And entertain It's doing neither We'll leave Val there But what I will say is If you want entertainment, Sean Oh, I like it Oh, like there it. you go That's entertainment And a, a jam Paul Weller style You've got to tune in this, guys Celtic way Sit down with Martin O'Neill Sean and myself Conducted that the other day And honestly It's arguably one of the best hours I've had in my journalistic career Sean, would you agree with that?
1: Tony, when I took this job, I says to them, I will do everything in my power to bring some success <laughs> yeah. to this podcast. Uh, now, nah, listen, what a guest, what a man, what a conversation. Um, as anyone who follows us on uh, Twitter will know we announced this in advance the other day. Partially to give you a heads up about Martin's book signing in Glasgow yesterday, but also just so you knew to set your reminders. It's uh, Sunday at noon on the YouTube channel that it will go live and on the website. Uh, there'll be a company and, and a company and big interview on his time at Celtic as well as an assortment of other wee stories because you know what we are like we like to go the I think my wife calls it being extra we like to go to the full hog uh, with all these things. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, Tony, didn't we? Although it
0: was just wonderful company as oh, I I thought it would be, and yeah, he he told us he would give us what forty minutes, and he, he stayed for. About an hour didn't he, Sean? So that- over an hour
1: we've got, Tony, yeah, yeah over an
0: hour of a, a sit-down with the great man, Martin O'Neill.
1: And I must say, right, although we are obviously Celtic-focused here, we're also football fans, so the sit-down isn't just about Celtic, is it? We talk a bit about no. his roots, yeah. including the influence of a sport I, for one, think is superb in Gaelic football. Uh, we mm-hmm. talk about uh, Nigel Clough, we talk about Brian Clough. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first time that's ever happened, Tony. <laughs> yeah. uh, we talk about Brian Clough and Nottingham Forest. We talk about Aston Villa. We talk about Sunderland. He tells us a wee bit about. He's he's really remarkable two pieces of international football history in Ireland. Um, I yeah. look, I really look forward to you guys watching it and letting us know if you enjoy it on Sunday.
0: Talks about Northern Ireland against Spain '82, yep. Jerry Armstrong, and and throughout it, he just peppers it with wee funny anecdotal stories, going off piece, doesn't he? And then coming back yeah. to the topic, but he's just thoroughly engaging, brilliant company, and uh, yeah, he. I think you guys will enjoy it if you, you you're regular, uh, visitors to the podcast. Yeah. You, you'll love it. It's just it's just a brilliant piece of. Um, Sunday noon, even yeah.
1: you get your reminder set.
0: Of course, I've got my <laughs> reminder
1: set <at the laughs> Of course, uh, Tony, I'm just going to pass up. Kaiser asked, "Does does Martin speak of van?" Now we made we discussed this before. We made that a, a conscious effort not to let it fall into talking about Ange Postacoglu because, one, we felt it would maybe do the fact that with Mark McNeil sitting in front of us for another a bit of a a bit of a disservice to, to then ask him about someone else doing the job he used to do. But also because he's been asked about Ange plenty, Tony. Um, yeah. So so no, it, it, we don't talk about Ange Postacoglu with him, but there's plenty of people that will talk to Ange about him, uh, talk about him with Ange, I'm sure, and he's been asked plenty of times about that. We, we try to get down... Or like the Celtic group, but other kind of things as well. Talks about superstitions he had, whether well, it was a Celtic manager. He tells us it tells us why his wife's daughter, wasn't Happy that Bobo Baldi was getting praise in his book, Tony. It tells yeah. us where the name of his book come from. And then all the Celtic stuff as well as the, the other stuff, not in yeah. Forest, Brian Clough, G all that kind of stuff. So great
0: little anecdote as well, wasn't there? It's yes, yes, it's yes. All other guys. It's just we we covered a myriad of topics in, in an hour, as you would expect when you have a guest. Uh, like that and a wonderful guest and a top class guest you put him in the, the highest bracket of guests that we've had on oh, Without a doubt. He, uh, he he enjoyed it. The fact that he stayed for an hour hinted to us that he was he was enjoying it and I think he would have stayed longer but he's doing the currently doing the, the rounds in the he's tour. on the book tour. So but was yeah I mean we we can't thank him enough. We can't thank Bobby who arranged it as well, Sean. Yep. Uh, Bobby and Jane from his Bobby, uh, from his rep team. Yep. His flips, yep. um, and They were very kind. They kept in touch with us the whole time and said, "Yep, we'll gladly do it." And uh, they were spot on. They 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 came through with we uh, came good on their promise. And yep. yeah, as I say, it was just one of the most enjoyable hours I've ever had in my career, just to pick the brain of somebody who I think most Celtic supporters hold in the highest esteem and the highest regard.
1: Well, you'll put it this way, you always, imagine, you always remember the, the team growing up, don't you? And his yeah. team's team my team growing up, his team is my team. Um, so, for me, I still have him as second to Jockstein myself, I don't know about yourself, but um, I mean, I suppose Aiden you would maybe argue for uh, for, for Brodge, Brendan Rodgers maybe, and I think you could make the argument for that. Neil Lennon, in terms of overall trophies, I know it's soured at the end, but for me, Martin O'Neill is second to Steen for Celtic. Um Willie Mayley, I suppose, actually, I'm thinking. Willie Mayley's my up there as well. But
0: And surprisingly, you get a mention in Dispatches, but Henrik Larson was not spoken about too much because, again, he's covered that. Oh, I guess, aye. He?
1: You know, aye, but, but he did tell us, Tony, remember, about uh, having dinner with yes. Henrik uh, Henrik Larson and Chris Sutton during the rush into their World Cup in Russia.
0: Yeah.
1: In the context of the two of them bringing something up, you don't like it, but bringing something up from the Seville run that he yeah. himself couldn't really remember, but he uh, liked the fact that it obviously made an impact on them and stuff. Um, David Ferguson here mentions Tony. He uh, can't wait for it. Cheers, David. Um, but he met Martin Neil and John Robertson at the Clifton Hotel in our growth in 2000. He was starstruck. John Robertson certainly gets a mention, as does Steve Walford. Um, and yeah. there's, there's plenty of wee things. Honestly, I, I really can't wait for you to see it because I know a lot of you tune into these sit downs and tune in every day and stuff. So it's almost a wee bit of, it's almost a wee bit of reward for
0: you as well as it yeah. was for us. And, uh, and yes, he, he, he gets the big build-up, and his first comment after the big build-up was is priceless, isn't it, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you could put your money on it. You, you, if you tune in regularly, you know Tony gave
1: him the standard Tony big build-up. And with Martin O'Neill, given how much he's done in his career, the, the build-up must have lasted about half half hour out of the, out of the hour. And uh, aye, it, it, was the, it was the
0: battles and coming forwards at the end, it was it. No, it was, tremendous. It was uh, really funny, and he's, just, he, he's like that, he was full of witticisms, and just, he was engaging company, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it, tune in on Sunday at noon. You, you. Sunday at noon, and I also didn't... remember, on the
1: website, accompanying pieces, big interviews, yeah. three different bits here and there, for instance, I asked him, was there an underrated player that he thinks doesn't get the credit from his time at Celtic, and amongst all the big names and stuff, some of you might be able to guess it, the, the, the only person I've told I asked this he guessed it right away, so uh, it might not surprise you, but it might surprise you as well. The length of the praise he goes to was was brilliant, uh, yeah. but there'll be plenty of other things. It's not just the video on Sunday. There's stuff on the website as well. So, Aiden, you won't be disappointed.
2: Promise. I'm waiting for it too. I someone for it. To.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Michael McDonald, release it now. <laughs> All good things come to those who Michael, promise it's uh it, it's, it's worth the watch. But guys, that's been forty five minutes of another <laughs> wonderful. Record. Sorry, Aiden mm-hmm. was still an embryo. There, there you go, <laughs> shocking. Aiden. Age yeah, a- you Shocking, right. shocking.
2: That's, that's shocking
0: up. You know nothing escapes the maiden, does it? Nothing escapes them. We all get it tight and we all take our turn when it's up no. and we just we have to chew down on it and just take it. You know, that's it is what it is. But guys, character okay,
2: building, Tony. All okay, character building
0: character building indeed, indeed. Uh, but there you have it guys that's been as I say over 45 minutes brilliant love that today excellent stuff I, uh, I direct you once again to the ticker tape running along the bottom it's our December deal Merry Christmas deal and if you subscribe you can get 25% off the yearly subscription rate of £26 or if you subscribe alternatively it's a pound for two months of Access to everything that we write on the pod, and that's everything all your statistical and data analysis from Stats Bomb, your big interviews, your in depth, uh, as I say, in depth, uh, stats, and all that, and as well as big sit down interviews with the likes of Martin and the Oats. It's all there, something for everybody, Aiden, isn't there? Yeah, you know,
2: there's a uh, diverse coverage from across all areas, as you mentioned, there are yeah. tactics, scouting. And if that's maybe not your bag interviews, etc., pointing out of features as well. So yeah, get yourself involved if you've not already
0: subscribed. And all you have to do is hit the button. Yep. www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. We thank you to all you guys that have done that already. We thank you to all the guys that took advantage of the Black Friday offer as well. Couldn't do it without you. We just see from the, the amount of comments that come into the comments that we try and flick up as many as possible. Sean's got the buttons on that. He's always trigger happy with with that and that, right, Sean? But uh, we enjoy the toing and throwing, don't we? And the interaction, yep. it's just wonderful to wake up every day knowing that you're starting your day off like this and talking about Celtic, and it never stops, even though the football stops. We've still got stuff to talk about, haven't we?
1: I unfortunately, one of those is var, but aye, apart from that, <laughs> apart from that, yep, I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate all the subscribers, really, genuinely, from the bottom of our hearts, we do. Aiden, cheers, Tony,
0: cheers, um, and everybody else, cheers. Yeah. And guys, Sunday noon, high noon, not to be missed.